0: .NET ROCKS Episode 901 with guest Guy Starbuck. Recorded live Tuesday, August 13th, 2013.
1: This episode is brought to you by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at Telerik.com and by Franklin's.net, makers of Gesture Pack. A powerful gesture recording and recognition system for Microsoft Connect for Windows developers. Details at gesturepak.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard.
2: Thank you very much, and welcome back to .NET Rocks. It's Carl and Richard. We are live on the scene at that conference in wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. Hey, man. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing better today. You know, I was a little jet-lagged or something. I, I thought I came down with something yesterday, but... Uh I guess just a good night's sleep and some
1: coffee, and I'm good to go. That's good, and and happy birthday. Sounds like you had a great birthday. I'm sorry I missed it.
2: Oh, yes. Now, we're recording this on August 13th, two days after my birthday, and can I tell the story? Absolutely. All right. So, my second wife and I, we bought a house, and uh, it was a momentous occasion. Got a good deal on it, and we had a housewarming party, and we invited all our friends. This was three years ago. And at the housewarming party, Richard, who was there, makes an announcement that he's going to marry us right now. And if you're not here, sorry, but this was really a wedding. And so uh, we had
1: bourbon shots instead of uh, champagne. And we worked on your vows together, and you had each had a couple of very special lines. I think, you're doing the cooking, and she's doing the
2: laundry, right? That's right, yeah, and that was in the vows, yeah. And Richard said, by the power invested in me by a form on the internet. (laughs) And I pronounced you man and wife, and... You are a reverend, uh, the universal church, is that it? Yes, Church of Universal Life. Right, okay. So, long story short, now we have an annual housewarming party. Which is
1: also an anniversary, and your birthday, and uh, and a lot of fun.
2: And a lot of fun. And it was fun at the house, and mostly a lot of musicians sitting around with acoustic guitars and singing and having fun. So, what's next? What's next is Better Know Framework. Cool. All right. Was that the segue you were looking for? That was the segue
1: I was looking for, and I don't <laughs> right. want a segue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we're just going to leave that in. Normally, we edit stuff like that out, but that was too funny. <laughs> All right. Better know framework. All right, buddy. What do you got? Well, uh, today, August 13th, uh, Scott Guthrie wrote a blog post releasing some, uh, announcing some great updates to Windows Azure. And I realized that this is coming out on, what, the 27th? Yep. Something like that. All right. So, it's been, you know, almost a couple of weeks. But in case you missed it, uh, the updates are at tinyurl.com slash azure0813 and the updates are SQL server always on support general availability uh, support with windows azure virtual machines for high availability and disaster recovery now it's not really
1: clear what that one means do you do you know what he's talking about yeah always on is the new version of sql server's clustering so the whole idea being that you can actually cluster sql servers together and one will take over from the other and you just it's always on you know sql azure won't lose data but it can be shut down You know, an instance could be disabled, so forth. So they, they keep backups, but you're not necessarily up all the time. But actually, configuring always on would guarantee uptime. Okay. Now, that also precludes the fact that Azure
2: is up because, you know, there have been outages... To Azure and AWS as
1: well. Yeah, and and Always On does support distributed uh, clustering so that you could have two different, if there's multiple data centers involved and you set it up that way and you're paying for it that way, then you would actually uh, be redundant. That's very cool. Okay, number two, notification hubs. General
2: availability release of Windows Azure notification hubs. uh, And in parentheses, broadcast push notifications for Windows 8, Windows Phone uh, ios
1: and android that's pretty cool yeah that's a that's a big step forward isn't it and and th- they've been working with this for a while so now that it's ga you know it's fully supported good things are happening auto scale this is something that you've been asking for for a long time yeah and they've been talking about it for quite a while too so it's cool to see it's actually there and you can set up these rules based on your own performance metrics and they will add instances and shut instances down for you
2: Yeah, no, I'm not sure. It says it's based on a schedule, Schedule schedule-based autoscale. So you can basically say, you know, in the evening, turn it down and whatever. But uh, what about, uh, as far as you know, I don't know if you know this, but what about uh, demand-based autoscaling? You can do it, but you have to write the code
1: yourself. It's
2: just a bunch of PowerShell scripts. Okay, very good. Uh, Next, virtual machines, load balancer configuration and management. Yep.
1: Part and parcel with the autoscale thing, right, naturally, but the idea that you can load balance between VMs, not just websites.
2: And that was one of the reasons why you would not want to use VMs is because they're just these islands out there that don't do any kind of autoscaling, uh, load load balancing. Okay, uh, management services, new portal extension for operation logs and alerts. So there you go. Awesome. It's all good stuff. Know it, learn it, love it. It's at tinyurl.com slash azure0813. Hey, Richard,
1: who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 866, and that's the one we did at Dev Intersection on the state of the cloud, as you recall. And this comment comes from Dimitar Georgiev, who says, Hey, guys, a wonderful show, but as usual, it ends too fast. Hey, dude, we only had an hour. Uh, we are doing lots of Azure as a startup company. Most of our issues at the moment are not tech-related, but rather governmental as in their mental <laughs> related brilliant Brilliant writing here I loved it uh, For example We are making One small financial app That is cloud based And we have to store People's social security Numbers etc And so I asked Microsoft in Bulgaria And they really had No clue if it's okay To store such sensitive data After consulting With some lawyers We found out that Yes we could do it So I would ask Microsoft If you really want Make Azure popular Everywhere Help people find out What they can and can't do With certain types of information In their region For many companies This can make a huge difference So Dimitar Uh I totally agree with you on these concerns, and Microsoft has a site. It's called the Windows Azure Trust Center, and you can just search for that. You'll find it. It's uh, part of the Azure site, and they have information on security, privacy, compliance, and they do country filtering around it. So anything you really want to know, it's all there. So they've already done that work for you, and certainly it's still important for you to to contact your local legal counsel, especially when you're different countries because there's lots of rules to be dealt with there. Uh, appreciate your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you, and if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, just write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or in any of our mobile apps. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8, and those apps were built by the fine folks at Tom Enterprises who'd love to build you an app.
2: Awesome. And before we go any further, I need to tell you that Pluralsight provides comprehensive developer training online They have hundreds of hardcore developer training courses authored by MVPs and industry experts, releasing about 40 to 45 new courses every month now and still offering a a free trial, 10 days, 200 minutes. Wide range of topics including iOS, Java, Android, web development, and pretty much anything you can think of on the Microsoft stack, including many courses on Windows Azure and always more in the works. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. Which brings me to our guest today, Guy Starbuck, a software development manager and architect with Yahara Software in Madison, Wisconsin, has been designing and developing business software for more than 15 years. In recent years, he has embraced agile methodologies, and he is always striving to improve his projects with technology, communications, and operational efficiency. Guy lives in Wanakee, Wisconsin, with his wife and two kids. He enjoys the outdoors, learning, and spending time with his family. Welcome, Guy.
0: Thank you for having me. Wanakee. Did I say that yep. right? Yep. The only Wanakee in the world. It's it's like- the- <laughs> you think we'd want more Wanakee? I want a key. I lost mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to the front desk today to get a new one. Well, uh, welcome. Thank you. Yep.
0: So you Glad know a here. thing or two about Azure, I hear? Um yeah well my talk yesterday was about uh, setting up continuous delivery pipeline for uh, click once applications into azure blob storage
2: click once applications wow. wow So
0: we that's, still do those yeah it's it's still around right uh, awesome. but uh and it's you know that's a click once is a has has good and bad points but it's uh right. it's, a, it's a really easy way to get started handles upgrades really well um, right. uh still does what it did originally and they they keep improving it so and we're using it for you know, And certainly for all our internal utilities, as well as some client apps with so a smaller user base, it's, it's pretty so rock solid. And it's going
2: to work with WPF? Yeah, it works with WPF. And it works sure. with Windows Forms as well? It, yeah, Yep. still works yeah. with Windows Forms. So, yeah, we're doing WPF now. And blob storage seems to be like something that you're really focused on these yeah, days. Yeah, the blob
0: storage. Uh, so it's a feature of Windows Azure. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have talked about it before, but it's uh, um, the Azure storage. So you go into your Azure portal, and uh, down on the left there's the storage tab. Um, and you can create storage containers, a storage account and storage containers, right. and then you can put blobs, which are, you know, binary large objects, right. basically any kind of file. Um, and then you can also put in queues and tables, which is, uh, okay. the, the tables is the uh, the kind of NoSQL uh, uh, So store. So,
2: walk me through a scenario here. I've got an ASP.NET website, and I've loaded it up in Visual Studio, mm-hmm. and I want to publish it to a Windows Azure website. Right. And... And yep. it has maybe a subfolder with some images and photos in it. Okay. And I've got that website go- going up. But now I've got a content management website mm-hmm. where I can actually upload those images. And it's a totally different site. How do I actually make it so that
0: those images can be accessed from both sites? Um, well, you can set up. So the deploying of the websites, obviously, you yeah. get your published profile, get that. That's, that's yeah, easy. That's peasy. Pretty, pretty straight ahead. Right. Um, the uh, to get your files into the uh, so the Azure blob storage would uh, would support you can set up uh, different security levels for access to the blobs that you put up there. Um, right. you can have things that are private so they're only internally in your app if you have the access keys can you use them and that could okay. be for backend for an internal app but for uh, for something you're exposing publicly uh, images like you know that for your website right you'd um. You could set a, a public blob or a public container access, Okay. Um, and then they get a URL. Once you you put them in the blob storage, they have a URL that's okay. that's uh, you can so link to directly in your so app. So
2: when you're publishing, when you when the content management system uploads an image, you can use code on the back end to upload it to this public blob
0: folder. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and there's a so so the demo I did for the pushing to once files would be the same as pushing any any uh, any any files. Um, just wrote a console app using the blob, the Azure Storage uh, API, the .NET okay. API. So, right. um, and it's a NuGet package. You just download. Is it as easy as writing files? You know? it's basically you open up a, you get your, you, you have to format the name so that it has the uh, URL style slashes, you know, okay. flip through slashes, so that you can emulate your whatever folder structure you might want. Oh, sure. Um, and then you just open up a stream and and stream it up. So you just use streams. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Well, so. that makes it very easy. Because yeah, most of the code that we easy. have uses streams anyway, right? And there's other ways to get files and in, blobs into your storage as well. You can you can map a, a drive to the, to the blob storage, and there's a storage explorer in Visual Studio. You can map a drive, so in. you can
2: actually have a drive letter and all of that. Yep, yep. So. And that way, that that's cool because you know a lot of times on the back end we're trans we're mapping right. uh, URLs to to local folders. Right so. so so that that's even easier because then none of your code actually has to change.
0: Right, that's easy. And I I guess from the uh from the continuous delivery standpoint, I did not want to do mapping drives on the server, but rather use the API. It gives you kind of more control okay. um, and flexibility in, in doing whatever you might want to do.
1: And then on the outbound side, whether that's the click one client or, in this case, images, right. you just have a regular URL. right? Yep, it, it, It's sort of emulating a web server, and that, and that says that you just use exactly. the HTTP yep. to go get the image.
0: Right. It's just without the web server. It, so we had a, I had a question yesterday during the session that, can you just put your website in Blob Storage? Yeah, uh, so if you had a single page app, I mean, theoretically, theoretically, you could you could stand right. it up it there. If was just HTML, you didn't yep. have any
1: server side execution. There's yep. no reason you couldn't. Okay. why would you though? Did, well, what's the you know, scenario? There, I'm
0: really interested to the hear The compelling that. reason to use the blob storage is the price. Um, you know, the blob storage feature was was designed to host virtual hard drives for for VMs and and these external these attached right. Azure drives. So Big the, things. Yeah, the pricing is based on you host. Putting a 200 gigabyte file up there, and
1: here you are throwing these, you know, 15k files. Exactly. Up there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. And the so the price and so the uh, yeah the pricing is something like uh, for geo replicated storage is ninety, it's nine and a half cents a month for uh, 100 megs. So <laughs> nine, oh my god. <laughs> so you if, you can throw a lot of stuff up there before yeah. you trip a couple cents a month. All
2: right. So. The simple scenario where you have some images, mm-hmm. obviously that's a no-brainer. Right. What are some of the the more complex
0: scenarios for blob storage? Um, let's see. Um, well, there's a couple types of blobs. Uh, you, there's two types of blobs you can store. So there's mm-hmm. the page blobs, which is for hard drives, virtual machines, right. uh, virtual hard drives, multi-gigabyte so things, really, multi-gigabyte things that can have yeah, and that can have uh, a lot of Transactions across the surface of it needs to be real time updated. Right, right, um, okay.
1: So, the, like, you're literally running it like it's a VM. You're it is. P- yeah, pushing and poking against yeah, all. If you, if you create areas a, of it.
0: an Azure VM, you can go over to your storage account, and you're going to have your VHD is going to be sitting there. Oh, okay, it's a right. Page blob. So. so this
1: is literally this is how
0: a, Azure VMs work. Is yep. that they're using blob storage for the VHD? That's right. So. Um, and then the uh, so the but the other types to host images or anything else you're putting up there is called a block blob. Okay, um, and that is blocked out in I think it defaults to 64 megabyte or less blocks. So if you have a 200 meg, it's going to be blocked out so that it, it'll you can do as, uh, asynchronous downloads, um, but it acts like a single file. But they're in 64 meg chunks. That's the that's the the chunk. That's the way it would chunk it up. Okay. Yes. So
1: anything smaller than that is considered. This is going to be one chunk. block, right? Um,
0: if you have a, a big video file that's that's more than sixty four megs, it could get to be chunked up so sure. that you can call through the API and async download. But it's stuff all, we were talking
1: ones. about, you know, because it's so inexpensive, well, yeah. they're all
0: smaller. than they're that. They're all small, right? right? Yeah. So it's an interesting feature. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's say I've got
2: a bunch of videos up there, mm-hmm. and then it goes crazy popular, you know, like turns into plural site, right? right? And now I've got a bazillion big files up there. At what point do we are we looking at CDN as a necessity?
0: Right. Versus um, just
2: plain old blob storage.
0: I you know I think blob storage is probably being used as a back end for CDN stuff. Yeah. Um, the, so the CDN is basically it's where it splits it apart and and puts it into the different bandwidths for the different types of, of clients, right? Yeah, and or, geographic
1: locations, and, and
0: yeah, spreads it around geographically.
1: And because it, different, because you already talked about the fact that Blob does support geo distribution. You right. can say I yep. want to synchronize multiple locations, but the yeah. other piece of them being a CDN is how does the client fetch the nearby version the nearby of that version blob. that's
0: the right bit rate for that what they're if, if it's a video something. Yeah, whether like it's that. a bit rate or yeah. it's just geolocated. or just a location, right? Yeah. Yep.
1: So you, you do need to have the front-end tools around there. Yeah, that would be a different yeah. an additional the blob, step. The Blob service will just distribute it for you.
0: Yeah, the Blob storage is doing replication, and then um, you'd, need to, you'd presumably need to manage spreading it. If you want to put a copy in China or something right. like that, you need to set that up yourself.
2: All right, so how many different places around the world does Azure Blob storage
0: reach? I think if you just create a new uh, storage uh, container, um, maybe a... a nine or ten different spots it's, it's yeah. you know europe asia North, east and west us um i i usually choose east us and west us as a backup and so and
2: so do you have to specifically put copies in those places or does it do it for you or what you know for, if
0: you just create a blob a storage account you choose where it's going to be hosted right um, if you uh, the probably the the content delivery stuff that inside uh inside azure would, would help you spread that out I got gotcha. you. In a more automated way. Yeah. So,
2: so you really, it's really up to you to decide when to, to flip that switch if yeah. you
1: need to. Yep. It yeah. Will be. And yes. it's a difference between geo distribution for reliability and geo distribution right. for performance. You want right, to exactly. you know, push it around. It, I guess it's a bit more complicated. Yeah.
0: So, for the blobs I'm using for applications, um, we'd stick them in the East US. Uh, you could set geo replication so that it, the, there's another copy in the West US. Right. Um, but you tend to just pull from the. But East that's US. what I'm using. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm you were here. saying
1: is mostly internal apps, so
0: yeah, internal apps are for clients in Wisconsin area. You right. Know, we don't need to go. To not doing a lot of China Shanghai. work these right. days. Well, yeah, we have we have some stuff going on, but it's not after I'm working on. Everybody so. sells one copy in China. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got
1: you know what really excites me about this whole conversation is the idea that most people when I talk about continuous delivery, mm-hmm. they're always talking about websites, right. and you're talking about distributing client apps with the right. co- yep. continuous delivery model. That was the neat thing that when
0: i came across this
1: idea of, of yeah uh, of that's really this. exciting to me so you've got a continuous a- integration process on the back end in, in your development environment and then yep. you're pushing to blob storage automatically
0: yes uh just for the so um not not a production deployment directly to, right. automatically but um and and the blob storage you know you don't want to there's some it's it's exposed so if somebody knows finds out the url they can download your app you need to have your security figured out ahead of time so, um. what security can you figure out? Well, I mean, you need to – so, I mean, one of the – so, this is for setting up a developer test environment. So, mm-hmm. was, the idea is developers or BAs can grab the latest and greatest copy right. of your app, and it's going to point to a vanilla database that's there for developer testing, for proving right. out your, your features. But if it's, it's not on Blob Storage, it's exposed. If There's it's on, s- on, on Blob Storage and you said it to public, it could expose. Okay. Yeah. And if it's not um, to the public, then then you're not going to be able to install it. Nobody can or, access right. it, really, right. except yep, exactly. you through you through the account. So there's a uh, concept called shared access signatures um, mm-hmm. and container level access policies. So you can set up uh, access um, policies on a container where you can set a time frame that the URL will work. Oh, okay. And so if you set that on your, your web page or to to do the click once deployment. Um, you could say, this is only good for the next half an hour or something like that. Right, or the, the, this for today. Yeah, but, or, but it's, it's definitely up to – so one of the nice things here is that it's it's going to enforce you thinking about and setting up your actual whole pipeline security for right. your app up front, so, which is one of the things we want to do uh, for continuous delivery. But so. I'm, still, yeah,
1: I'm still battling with this idea of, say, yeah. I have three or four customers that use this product. Yeah. How do I identify that these are the only people that can download that app? Well, you need to manage that within the app. Itself. So it's not you, blob storage is going to save you. It's up to the app to say anybody can download this. It's just not right. going to be usable.
0: It's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. A right? little you bit should... of security by obscurity there, but it's also, um, you know. It's as much, I guess if you go out to the internet and you find a click one type and you that's not public and yeah. install it, it's kind of your problem if it's spyware or something like that. I mean, there's a risk on both sides, right? Sure.
1: No, um, and I appreciate that, the, you know, that's not what blob storage is about. Yeah, you don't have user authentication up front on blob storage and then, right. you know, from there be able to go get the file and, exactly. and so, so on. So
0: it's, it's a trade-off. Um, but for the, for the purpose of the developer testing um, or uh, even some QA, I think it's... It's, it's if, as long as you have scrubbed data, you're not exposing any real data, and, and it's and all secure. you have logins? You have SSL going, right? So you've got all that that yeah. part of it. It's just the code itself, the actual right. app you just that's want being deployed. People to be able to any but any of your clients or your uh, BAs or anybody to be able to grab the latest copy. Right, um, you could. Uh, deploy it to your own server as well. Yeah, the Just don't have it automatically nice.
1: hooking up to the back end and, right. and and anybody who downloads it has access to everything effectively.
0: And the the, the uh, actual apps that I actually see that are click once nowadays mm-hmm. publicly are all kind of freeware, like the Azure Storage Explorer stuff. Right. Some of these uh, things that there is no business. Is, mod, the, it's, it's all a free app. It's something that people want Everyone to have everyone, and
1: but as soon as they fire it up, the first thing it wants is a username and password okay. to get access to your stuff. To your stuff, right? Right. So,
0: and and that's that's the scenario for a production and deployment that I would use. And to Azure
1: be clear, storage. when when something's exposed publicly in Azure Blob Storage, it's just readable. You can't write on it.
0: Right. Yep. And unless you are the owner of that container. Right. Right.
1: And so in your continuous delivery scenario, you've got some kind of script running. And I'd be interested in how exactly you do this Mm -hmm. that picks up your, your click once app that's built in your dev environment and then pushes it to blob storage.
0: Right. So, so, um, so what it has, so basically the, uh, I have a, the build machine, um, shells out to MS build, Mm -hmm. builds the solution, um, and it passes some command line parameters to tell it to do the publish right. for the click ones. So now you have your publish your your uh, your uh, files out in the in the published folder. Um, then I have a step that just shells out to a console app that hits the Azure Blob Storage, recurses through, and just pushes the stuff up into a new container. Um, and then I can send Is that it, out the are URL. You just FTPing it up? Like how do you pushing it's it? It's using up? the streaming. So just it's streaming just the files to the it's it the. Uh, the uh, Azure Storage API, this in .NET through mm-hmm. NuGet, is um, it's just a wrapper for the REST service. So okay, that's all it does.
2: It's very Unix-ish.
0: Yeah, but it's yeah. restful too. It's Unix. Yep, it's got all the, the bases covered. Right. <laughs> nice. And so I,
1: in your continuous delivery process here, you you sort of push it as a as a, a test instance.
0: Yeah. So uh, so the the first step is to is to push up the those files and then we run a um, I do a whole I have a Azure VM actually that we mm-hmm. use as our build as our build machine. So um, I'll actually just drop and recreate the database from scratch um, and insert just enough data to do our automated integration testing okay. and, and developer testing. Plus just that's to run wicked. it, enough to run it. It's got the basic security and it's got a couple of dummy records in each row, each table. So right. So um,
1: you, guy guys check in their code. Mm-hmm. Build process kicks off with MS Build. Yep. It assembles an initial version of the app. Then you drop to the script that actually lights up an Azure VM.
0: Well, the Azure VM is already there, so I'm just doing a, uh, but running rebuilding the database on that Azure VM. On the Azure VM for these these specific clients to hit. And just to do the just for testing purposes. Just for testing, and then at the same time on a, uh, I'll be doing we'll be doing a QA build, production build, Mm -hmm. same bits, which just swap out the configuration. Sure. Um, and but those get shuttled away. Those aren't going to be exposed on blob storage or anything like that. Those get those are just to be deployed for the client. Okay. Or for our QA
1: And do you actually automate all the testing steps as well?
0: Um, we automate. Well, I, you just use N unit for our all our unit tests as right. well as uh, we do. We have a set of tests that hit the database to do uh, integration testing.
1: Cool. And then yeah, when does it actually? When does the click once actually end up in blob storage?
0: Well, it's so that's the that's the uh, the last step of the testing. So that it's it you know pulls for source changes, mm-hmm. builds the app. Uh, runs, uh, builds the database runs all the tests and then pushes the, the bits to click once and at that point anybody who has, has installed that before it's, just opens it up in, out of their start menu and they download the update and it's all wired up and you're off to a new version and we have a new yeah. version for the developers so you know, a number of years ago I was on a project that had a problem with the developers would you know test on their machine checks, they'd build an uh, MSI yeah. give it to QA QA'd run it, and the second page would crash. You know, it's like <laughs> something it was just—they couldn't even go anywhere. Yeah, so one step later, it's so dead. we we instituted developer test protocols, kind of written protocols. The developers were signing off that that what they had checked in. They said this story was done, so um, it, it's been tested. and so they walked through the story. They walked through it. Um, but they're still testing on their machine. Mm-hmm. So this is taking it that step further. Well, and that was have, always one
1: of the whammies with click once, right? Is it all yep. so often there were things that weren't in the manifest and it mm-hmm. ran yep. great right on the dev machine. But when you actually and, yep. did that package, it didn't run on anything else. Absolutely.
0: Yep. So you're exercising that part at least.
1: Yeah. And I love just using the VM approach to just get it off your machine. Get yep. into an uh, isolated environment.
0: Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's, and that's the great thing about Azure, right, mm-hmm. is that it's, I don't have to call anybody and talk to the the ops folks to get a web host so that I can do my new build machine for a new project I just create a VM and I and go and you just leave them running I just leave it running yeah Yeah. and we have it um, it, on a one of my projects the client is actually they love this idea so they actually set up the account and created the VM okay so so I set it up and they're going to keep it after we're done with the the project and use it as their build machine
1: that's great yeah it's well it's just nice to see it's it's not a cloud app Right right. But you're using the cloud to do the right. development yeah, part. Yeah, so
0: there's a couple of, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool.
1: So I mean, is it a WPF app? I'm just curious. It is a WPF app. Okay. Yes. And is it essentially a client server app like You say
0: yeah, it's basically client server. There's there's a another there's a service uh, layer as right. well. There's like a service host that we will um, that's not there yet, but when we we get to that we'll be mm-hmm. building that deploying that to either you know an Azure service or right on the VM there as well for the for that test environment.
1: Yeah, so I feel like you're improving the development experience that way. Just, That's the but goal. the production version of the client mm-hmm. does live in blob storage for deployment purposes. That, no, the production p- version is not going to blob storage. Oh, okay. So yeah, you, yeah. so I, it's th- just purely doing testing here. This is right? just for data de- yeah, testing R- and development. And then the, yeah, the the final product when it's ready to deploy to all of the customers, they're they're doing it internally. That's going to be internal. Yep. Okay. Just yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a great, it's nice to hear someone really using Azure as a purely a test environment, not nothing to do with the production side at all.
0: And it's, yeah, it's just, it's easy to set up and easy to, I mean, you manage it all yourself. So, yeah, Yeah. it's pretty nice.
1: Makes it simple and you you do it the way you want. Hey Richard, you know what time it is? Uh, it must be that happy time again. That's right.
2: It's time to go outside, look up at a cloud, and experience a steady stream of blobs. <laughs> <laughs> blobs of <have> rain <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, acid rain, perhaps. No, it's time to give away a Telerik DevCraft complete collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Awesome. Uh, Before I do that, though, I'm going to tell you that Telerik was one of the first vendors to provide support for Windows Azure back in early 2009 when the cloud platform was first released as the Cloud Trust Protocol. They now offer everything needed to help developers build quality web, desktop, and Windows phone apps in the cloud and for the cloud quickly and easily out of the box. Check out Telerik.com slash Azure and take the shortcut to Windows Azure development. All right, who's our winner, bud? Our winner today is Anthony R. Clayton.
1: Congratulations, Anthony.
2: Wow, that's quite a ping. (laughs) I'm such an audio guy. You're bouncing off the wall there. Bouncing off the walls, literally. And uh, Anthony gets a Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection. That's everything that Telerik does in one box. And uh, we're also giving away Franklin Brothers CDs. woo Yeah, Lifeboat to Nowhere. And uh, this is, uh, if you like classic rock and you've been around for, I don't know, a few years, or even if, you know, classic rock's coming around again. It's like, that style, you know? Yeah. If you like Billy Joel or Elton John, like... All right, well, anyway, uh, our winner today is Brad W. Turner. Congratulations, Brad. We'll be sending you a lifeboat to know our CD. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to the .NET Rocks website, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. Just takes a minute. We have thousands of members. Every show, we give away stuff. And every December, we're giving away $5,000 worth of technology to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And we like to ask our guests, Guy, if you had five grand to drop on technology today, What
0: would you buy? You know, I've, I've heard the show before, so I've been thinking about this. I love I, him. <laughs> All
1: right. He's prepared. As soon as, as soon as we started into this bit, I saw him grab his iPad. He's getting his notes ready. <laughs> awesome. All right. What no, is I, it? You know, it's,
0: a, it's actually a really hard question. It I mean, is the, a hard question. Um, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said I'd want to get a server and set up so I can host my own stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah. There's really no point in Nobody doing does that anymore. <laughs> yeah, so. Except uh, Richard. Richard doesn't. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I haven't re- <laughs> rehabilitated it. you already have myself, one, right? Yeah, it's hard to give it up. Yeah. Wasn't for me. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> so I mean, it, that is it is tough. I guess uh, I'd have to say uh, I'm definitely interested in some of the like robotics and the like the Arduino and stuff like that. Yeah, you get a, and there's
1: some Raspberry Pis floating around yep. here. It's a really cool tech out there. And with five thousand dollars, buy a lot of yeah, Raspberry Pis.
0: Literally have a mountain of them. But, yep. but there's I a lot of stuff peripherals that go with that. So if I had you know five grand and no, and my wife did not have to approve the thing, I would uh, <laughs> go for the, those toys. Here's a question for you. Let's say
2: that you had a room in your house that was going to be a fun room for you Uh and your kids. And, you know, you could do anything in there you want. You could put anything on the walls, anything on the ceiling, Mm -hmm. you you know, (laughs) and the room is just for playing in. What? You know, there's so many things that you could do with a room and with Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and I was gadgeteers that, and yeah, cameras and the obvious first
0: answer is rubber floor, velcro ceiling, right?
2: Rubber but, floor, <laughs> velcro ceiling. <laughs> I
0: think that was uh, Simpsons or something, but the. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you got to put the loop part of the velcro on the ceiling and wear the hook part sure because yeah. the hook part's the part that wears out so you can keep redoing oh, that's the a good
2: point well i like uh, richard's idea which is to do the uh, star trek game like you could set up an actual star trek bridge oh nice and play uh what's the name of the game <laughs> artemis artemis yeah play artemis okay. which
1: is set up for touchscreens oh cool yeah 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 five consoles and a captain and you can run up to six ships so yeah okay. that's a little out of hand uh, you can have
2: you know like uh surround sound and subwoofers and you get that no bah- sure. that rumble just constantly yep. when you walk into the room a big screen for the
0: for the view. Yeah, when you get hit you everybody has to pretend to run one side or the other and, yeah. <laughs> i don't think we need to pretend i want the whole thing on a shaker <laughs> oh, table a shaker. Okay. and it goes all over the place that's yeah. awesome yeah that's where the velcro
1: comes in right yeah sure
2: I remember once I had to discipline my daughter and my first daughter, and I said, I'm going to put you in a Velcro suit and hang it on the wall. <laughs> she goes, no, daddy, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Still has <have> nightmares,
0: right?
1: <laughs> That's my second daughter, actually. If I had all those Raspberry pies or, or Arduinos, yeah. I think I'd be trying to... Hook them into every appliance in the house. Start to build my internet of things.
0: Yeah, I've, I work with a guy who's, who's into it and he uh, he has some land and he has a greenhouse and he was automating to open and close the windows using oh. the Arduino. So.
1: Yeah, and uh, you can automate the watering.
0: You can al- automate all
1: sorts of steps. Of that. I'm actually working on that right now. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What are you growing? I tomatoes.
2: I want <laughs> tomatoes in January and I want good tomatoes. Nice. Yeah, I got yeah, good tomatoes.
1: You're ruined. All right, good gadgets. I love it. Okay. It's good fun. Uh, we got to dive back into this thing because I'm sure. not I'm not done with it yet. Sure, And I'm and I'm just like I said I'm so happy to see someone applying these continuous delivery principles to something mm-hmm. that isn't a website. Yeah, but you yeah. are only going so far. You're getting right. up to you've got you. Got that testing loop working really right. well And the customer is able to be part of that testing experience Now mm-hmm. that they can go grab that It's right. like you, you you spoke to this As soon as you've done that Now the folks that are running it They just stop the app and run it again They get the update right. But those are I, I guess beta testers Because this is the test instance of the app
0: it's yeah, it's meant to be even a pre QA type of thing. Right. Uh, but yeah. It so was, small group of people But but certainly the you know the BAs on the project will open it up and, right. and see what, what the new screen looks like and you and can it, give that to the client directly. You can say, Hey, I, I just checked something in. Yeah. Um just go, go do re-open. an update and just go to this screen and tell me what you think. Yeah, you know? what do so, you what do you think of the new thing? Yeah You know i to
2: sending an email. There, for that well, matter. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Or a tech message. Yeah, or something. But yeah, sure. the fact that it's click once means that there's no yeah. real deployment. You're not pushing an MSI or anything right. like that. And, it just and so, happens.
0: if your if your app's not going to, even if your app's not going to be click once in the long run, I think you can. It's so easy to just set See. up that publish and and get it at least at the starting points of a project right. that it's a.
1: But what about getting all the way to production for this? Are you, right. are you looking at the, those next steps?
0: The uh, so well I. You know, I would not hesitate to use the Blob Storage for production for, sure. for something like, uh, like I said, that Azure Storage Explorer or mm-hmm. things like this that are, um, that you want people to have. Right. Um, but a privately held app. Um, I guess if it was something where it's a global company and people needed to be able to, you didn't want to worry about uh, firewalls. And, right. But you wanted to give people access to all these updates. That's a, that would be a get the updates out easily. Like
1: I said, it's not useful for anybody else. And they need to, the, even if they just updated, yeah. they still need the credentials. Right.
0: So, um, but you'd need then you'd need to be able to monitor and and you know once a click once app is out there, it's not like you can revoke it. So yeah. uh, it's out there, right? That's so that. so you'd have to have have a plan for if you know so somebody malicious gets a hold of that and, yeah. and and starts to download thousands of copies and starts to hammer you. So,
1: however, they can. I mean, guess it comes down to what credentials you need before you actually even know what services to speak. Right. I mean, to. your
0: credentials are going to be. Fine, but yeah, if it's it, however you, you'd have to rig that up so you could, yeah, think about it that. Or, I guess the difficult.
1: alternative here is what's the more secure route to go about it? Uh, I mean, obviously, you're familiar with click once. Mm-hmm. What is the production distribution that you're comfortable with?
0: Um, well, I mean, we can use click once for this. I've certainly done stuff with MSIs and deployments right. and stuff like that, and that may be the way you want to go in the mm-hmm. long run for your production system.
1: And when I mean, this particular customer is a production dis- deployment internal, like they, they it's don't, it's internal,
0: mean, it's a it's a, it's a um, maybe a dozen users so sure. a, I think it's an easy choice for click once for that so the only
1: time that you're actually needing to interact between companies is with, between your devs and their QA yeah, folks essentially yep. that you're using the internet to provide yeah, that this, bridge for this project yep.
2: isn't there a uh, Microsoft IT solution for sort of uh, updating patches and you know things in the operating system yeah, yeah. There's,
1: there's WSUS right that, mm-hmm. that you can use the update service the ability to push apps that way mm-hmm. but that's more of the traditional app model right. Um, you know, the, the whole point with click once was to get, it, just, you know, it's people more, like the fact that you close the app it updates itself.
0: Right? And, it's, and as a developer, you like the fact that it's like deploying a website. You just, you got yeah. a new version, you push it and you're, you go home, you know. <laughs>
1: well, and, and, and I totally agree with you because so much of talking about this modern development model, it's very rapid, is all mm-hmm. about websites. There's yep. no deployment to the machines. Right. And, I think about apps that I, that I enjoy on my machine. It's Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, I mean, TweetDeck's got its problems, but it's not the updater. Right, uh, yep. Chrome's got its issues. Not the updater; that just works. You right. close that app, it updates itself. Yep. And I appreciate that it updates when it closes, not when it opens. Because right. generally, when I open it, because I want to use it. Right. Well, click once works the other way, yeah. doesn't it?
0: Well, you can you can do click once either way. Oh, you can. Um, you can. Oh, have well, that's great. Updates after. Yeah. You open. Every,
1: every one I've seen needs has been playing with click once has configured it for on close rather than on open because yep. on open is annoying.
2: Yeah. Well, right. yeah, and it makes much more sense to do yeah. when you close it.
0: But click once aside, I mean, any 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 application deployment that uses files that just you know files on a server sure. it would work through could the could be functioning blob through blob yeah. storage.
1: Right. Yeah, so. The only issue really is the security model. That really yeah that's and, the
0: big the biggest issue.
1: Yeah that you 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 can't stop them from getting access to the code. Right. But you can you have to implement the security within
0: the code. Yep. And so for a production uh, environment you definitely want like we talked about before, just something yeah. that you want everybody to have. Some way to man-
1: manage that particular yeah.
0: issue. Totally
2: reasonable and fair. So this is a great scenario, but uh, there must be some other things
0: that you can do with blob storage that we haven't touched on. Sure. Um, well, I'm just thinking from uh, continuous deployment. Uh, other ways you could use this is that since you have control over where your your bits are going, mm-hmm. um, you could use and you through the API your you can you're move your blobs around, rename, move things different places. So right. it would be a way that you could keep. Uh, a running history of all the deployments you've done. You could, so people could go to a different URL to pull five versions ago. Something all right. like that. Um, if you need to try to reproduce when, something, when some bug crept in or things like that.
1: So blob storage doesn't have built-in sort of history, per se. It's well, up to you to do it.
0: So unlike the page... Storage, right? The uh, page blobs, the block blobs do have a, a complete history. Oh, okay. So every, every time revision. you write over it, it's kept
1: the old one anyway.
0: Yep. So you could, uh, you could, use, you could just go back, go through through the the uh, the, the uh, API and and roll it back to a previous version.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: so I, you know, you can roll back in many places along your pipeline, but it just gives you another dial you can turn.
1: And, and so normally you only ever see the current one, but you can actually right. use the API or the client, I guess, to allow you to go in and say, "Show me past yeah, some versions."
2: Some of the clients will
0: give you that. Just what
2: a great idea, just for backup of data, not just for uh, right.
0: Yeah, the, apps. Um, I, I was in another session yesterday that uh, with uh, Ben Gavin, who uh, talked was talking about the the queue and the table store uh, storage as well right. as the blobs, and he had stitched together an app that um, that used all three. Um, so you, he would. Upload a blob. Set it. put a queue item into a queue mm-hmm. that would be processed by a service. Pick up that blob, process it, and put it in the data into a table. Right. So um, it's just kind of it's it's this whole infrastructure piece that uh, to me it's just got a wide open. It's a lot of potential. To yeah, do we a haven't lot even touched on all exactly. the possibilities
1: there. Just thinking about blobs
0: in a different way because we tend right. to think of them as videos or right. or you know something big. And the uh, the 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 blobs you can edit. They have some built-in metadata that you can edit on the blobs, such as like the content type. So you can say it's a text HTML or a, a video, right? Um, but then you can also add custom metadata of your own, just key-value pairs that are only in blob storage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tying this in to your application, just a cloud-enabled application, you could – it's the sky's the limit with what you can you do. Can you search that metadata? You can. And you can uh, – yep, you can query it using OData type of – All right. I, okay. Well, you certainly – so what it gives you – so the in the tables, you can do queries with uh, OData sure. syntax. For the um, – for the blobs, you, what it gives you the ability to is pull down the metadata without downloading the blob. Oh, okay. So you can decide.
1: You can stuff a bunch of key-value pairs in there of descriptions of, of the blob itself without right. having to hold the blob. So if you're around. looking for a
0: specific blob or for specific specific that's in a specific state, if you have your metadata set, you could just iterate through your blobs, find the one you want or all the ones you want before you even download. It. So these could be big files. You don't want to be po- right pulling them all down. You, to but look at. what
2: you're saying though is you'd have to download all that metadata first, then search. Through that, there do isn't that. a way in to, order just, to
0: find which blob. There isn't have. an
2: API that just says, "Find me the blob that matches this metadata." I yeah, I don't believe so.
1: Yeah, okay. She's yeah, it's not necessarily what it's intended for, but it it does speak to the possibilities here of how you mark stuff
0: well, up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the more stuff we're putting in blobs, the the
1: more there is of it, and the more valuable search becomes. Yep. Yeah. you actually want to do more searching around that? It's yeah. really interesting how that works. And the history piece just yeah lends itself some other ideas.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, if you want to have it searchable, you could you could create a table that's an index of all your blobs that you have. Of course. And then there, now you yeah. have a lookup. So. It,
1: it, you need, use blob storage to build the search tool.
0: And this is the type of thing you could set up with the private containers so that your application or, you know, all your distributed applications, you have this coded inside. Right. Um, but they're not public to the Internet. It's your yeah. data for your app that's distributed around. So, I think yeah. that's pretty Compelling use, yeah,
1: and, and your app would be speaking to that, and 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 the, it's just the underpinning data that's that's kept private. Yep, exactly. It's cool. Yep. So, do you see yourself as DevOps folks? Are you headed towards that sort of mindset? Or is it just an extension of normal Agile? You've
0: gone yeah. past continuous uh, 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 integration into more of the delivery model. Yeah, I, I hear the term DevOps. I my my company's not a not that huge. I tend to wear a lot of hats, so right. I I end up setting up the that's the no machine. Yeah, yeah. you but don't have to speak to yourself. I'm the PM, so I'm not earning story points. So I can be the guy to <laughs> set up all the uh, all the the infrastructure.
1: Right, right. But anything you can do to make it, e- I, I just appreciate that you've you've done this to make it easy to interact with the customer testing the new version. Yeah,
0: that's. That's the goal.
1: That's, it. but it's a, that's a huge part of it, just to do that interaction. Everything else can be internal, but it just speaks to, as we get bigger organizations or more distributed, this just lends itself to make it very simple to do that.
0: And I think it ties in with the agile processes really well. Just the whole frequent delivery. I mean, yeah. you need to, the more frequent, the better, right? Well, to, and
1: as, li- as low a pain threshold as possible for the customer so that they will look at the new bits and give you yeah. feedback right away.
0: Yeah, that, that feedback is, is solid gold when you get the actual end user Pulling down your your in process software. That's that's where you get the, you avoid all your problems. And you actually have the dev speaking
1: to the customer directly. He's, like, he's pushed up the build. They go try it right away. They get on the phone. Okay, I like this. I don't like that.
0: We can. I mean, we, do, we normally do. We'll do a uh, you know a demo at every sprint, but then uh, the, if there's something that's that's bugging somebody, then right. we'll, we'll talk to the... Yeah, I don't... You don't want to have the devs doing too much of that.
1: Yeah, it's just a question of level of formality, it's too, if to, yeah. you want to iterate really fast.
0: But certainly we can push a... We can give them a, a revision of the app every two weeks that's updated yeah. so that the client can play with that. But
1: it, are you at a higher frequency than that? Like, could you have several ships a day where they're working on that new feature?
0: This developer test stuff is, is going in... Every Every check-in. Every check-in. Every check-in.
1: Well, I know guys who are checking in, you know, literally dozens of times a day. Oh, yeah.
0: It's every time a CI build goes off, it's pushing a new... But okay. the, the customer's
1: not necessarily. But picking the customer's not line. on that yeah. one
0: because that might drive them crazy. So yeah,
1: but it's nice to know you're. You could go as fast as you want to go. Right. Like I, I like the idea of as the coder with my headset on talking to the customer tweak 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 tweak, tweak build okay refresh yep. what do you think of that
0: Yep. And we so can. They, they don't yep. have
1: to be in my office. They don't have to be looking over my shoulder the whole time. They're in their space. Right. And they can okay right. look at it with their with the test data and keep going ahead.
0: Yeah. And we have a we have a continuous integration build going inside the the client's site, that's uh, every time this, there's a commit, it's building right. with their QA and configuration. There. Right. So they can update anytime they want there. So they've got their own QA
1: it. guys working on it.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, they have their own uh, people working on it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Their business users. So, yep. Guy, what was the biggest challenge in putting this whole thing together for you? I would say it was not the Azure part. Um, yeah. So. Uh, the documentation is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the API is really simple. Um, it's it's really the uh, probably the the people problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, nothing, there was no single thing that was super challenging. That's kind of one of the points. Uh, what were you doing before you used the
1: blob storage approach? Like, how were you getting the customer involved with the new versions?
0: We well, on previous projects, we set up. Uh, um, just you actually create an installer. Right. Um but then now you know uh routinely when you're in development phase, the the updater or the uninstaller doesn't you know, you do the installer first, you do the uninstaller later. Yeah, much so, later. So So <laughs> it's it's hard to get <laughs> Everything a clean and right for the first test,
1: it's right. the next test and the next test where you yeah. get into trouble. Um, so that, that's why I've
0: been using ClickOnce for a while for that purpose, right? Because it just deals with cleaning
1: up the old version while you put in the new version.
0: And if it gets really messed up, you just on it. You could the uninstall is actually pretty clean, right? Um, so, um, but yeah, there was no single real challenging point. I mean, just learning about all this stuff. There's so much information out there; it's hard to keep up sometimes. Yeah, there really is. You're talking about the new announcement of the the Azure features that that's coming out so fast. Yeah. Um, As I was preparing this talk, every time an announcement would come out with new features, I'm like, please don't have changed the blob storage. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to rewrite this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it hasn't changed in a while. They did do a breaking change a year ago or so, but um, yeah, it's been good. And when they do a breaking change, I mean,
1: they're taking away the old version. You have to update. There's just no option there. Yeah. It's not like you can say, Oh no, I'll keep letting me use the V1.
0: Yeah, so that may have been the the biggest challenge with the first code sample I got for the the Azure Storage API was written against the previous version, and right. some of the stuff had changed. So yeah. Um, but it was, But then there were other samples out there but, so it It's absolutely deal. an
1: issue when this. And they, yeah. they, it's not like they pre-announced they're making changes either It's just
0: sort of one day it happens Yeah, and it wasn't, I mean the blobs are still there All right. the all this stuff is no still there No data is just lost, your code doesn't
1: work anymore Right, exactly So yeah, so. you're maintaining this infrastructure for it And on the day that it changes, it, bra- it may break And yep. you have to fix it There's no you know, reversion that's right, yep. yeah Okay, yep. well, I mean, it's a fair point It's it's one of the prices of using a publicly available service like that They're that's right. yep. always going to have the latest for API and you must use it
2: Yep But, you know, I, I trust Scott Gu to do the right thing, though Yeah of, of anyone, you know True, yep, that's true Dev testing the cloud, I like it a lot
0: All right So what's next for you? Um, well to keep building out these uh, this continue this pipeline and try to you know next step is to get the, a services building um, wired up from the from these instances and mm-hmm. uh, and keep everything going and just try to uh, get the de- deployment put together and the testing as, as good as you can early on so more, you find yourself going to get more into the cloud Here, or is it just going to continue to be a test environment? You know, I I, come in, I came to that conference last year uh, having, you know, I have an MSDN account through work um, right. and had tooled around a little bit with the, the Azure stuff, just the VMs. Um, but saw a couple of presentations that sort of opened my eyes to some of the other areas, and then sure. just uh, that happens all the time. Just just keeping up to date on stuff. I mean, a lot of people don't know about the whole Azure Storage feature, yeah. Um, at all, and it's it's one of these things. It's a backbone of the whole infrastructure as a service, and it's been in there since the yeah. beginning, but it's been ignored, I think. And the, the hooks they're giving you to to develop to develop software against it is just uh, it's got a lot of potential.
1: It's cool. Very
0: cool. Guy Starbuck,
2: thank you very much for spending this time with us.
0: All right. Thank you very much for having me. All
2: you. right, you bet. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. Thanks for listening. And remember, PluralSight.com is where you can get 200 free minutes of developer training online. PluralSight.com online at www.franklins.net For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got
1: transmit a transmitter by
2: the FCC yes, I'm a